0: Welcome to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 117. Today, I want to start at Megiddo. Megiddo is a very famous place in all of world history, and especially in the Middle East. It was the chariot city of Solomon that guarded the Jezreel Valley, the Great Plain, which was the crossroads of the ancient world, and will in the future be the crossroads where all of the world will come together for a great battle at the end of the Great Tribulation period, as is mentioned in the book of Revelation. But I want to look at it from a geographical standpoint today as far as standing on the mountain and looking toward the north and toward the northeast. As you stand on Mount Megiddo, you are standing at a place where all of the great world leaders have come through. Not only was Solomon and David there, but all of the kings of Israel passed through there and many of the kings of Judah. But since that time, the Assyrian leadership, Shalmaneser, Sargon. Carib, all of them came that way. And then Cyrus, the Persian, Nebuchadnezzar, all of those men came through and by Megiddo and to Megiddo. Think about it, Alexander the Great, Pompey, the great Roman general, Vespasian, Titus, and all of those who for the last 2,000 years have made their way there. And Napoleon Bonaparte said that it was the greatest battlefield in all the earth. But as you stand on Megiddo and and you look toward the north and toward the east you see directly in front of you the hills of the lower Galilee. And on those hills, you will see on the hillside a modern day city of Nazareth. Now, the city that would have been there during the days of Jesus would have been very small. As a matter of fact, when the top 100 cities that were in existence during the time of Josephus Flavius, you would have not even had Nazareth mentioned. It probably was a Village of no more than twenty to thirty families. And it would have been very small. But it's still there today. The water source is still there. And there's a couple of churches, a Roman Catholic Church, a Byzantine church that are built over and near the well, and Nazareth village is there today. And I'll come back to that in just a moment. But as you stand and look toward Nazareth across the Jezreel Valley, you can see it in the distance. And just from the city of Nazareth, if you you go counterclockwise, Nazareth being 12 o'clock high right in front of you. If you went to about one thirty to 2 o'clock, you would see a hill that looks like a an old black cast iron wash pot that's turned upside down. It's randled on all sides, and that would be Mount Tabor. Now, Mount Tabor is where Barak and Deborah Devorah. You remember the judges as they fought against Sisera and all of the hordes from the north and from Hatzor that we'll talk about on another podcast. And between Tabor, if you go to 230, you're going to be looking at Hamareh. Hamare I've already mentioned in relationship to Gideon and to Ahab and the palace at Jezreel. But it is a magnificent mountain. It's not that high, but it rises up out of the plain, so it seems higher than what it is. If you look directly, 3 o'clock to 3.30, just to your right from Megiddo, you'll be looking down the way that leads to the northern tip of the Samaritan Mountains, and will take you right to Mount Gilboa, and the valley between Hamare and the edge of the Samaritan Mountains, the Gilboa Mountains, is the easternmost part of the Jezreel. Rio Valley, it's called the Harod Valley because the Harod Springs, where Gideon tested his men, is the headwaters of the Harod River. Now, we would call it a creek because it's not much more than that in America, but during the rainy season, it forms a wide swath of water that goes down and flows by the ancient city of Beth-Shan, and Bethshan is at the foot of Mount Gilboa, where the Samaritan Mountains end, and where Saul and Jonathan were killed on Gilboa. They were hung on the walls of the city of ancient Bethshan. Now back to Megiddo, because we've gone from 12 o'clock to 3.30 or 4 on the clock, but if we go counterclockwise, and we go all the way to 9 o'clock, we're looking back to our left at the rise of Mount Carmel, that is due west from Megiddo, and you see the western part of that plain and the river Kishon, which runs before you, and that's where Elijah would have fought up on Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal, then he would would have killed the prophets down at the Brook Kishon. And so as you cross the Jezreel Valley and you go to the lower Galilee and to the hills of Nazareth, there is a huge bluff or peak, and it's called the precipice. And many times I will take groups to the precipice because the Roman Catholics, of course, believe that that's where they would have taken Jesus to throw him off of the high mountain and when he claimed that he was God and that he slipped through their midst. I do not believe that. But this is a good place for me to tell you on our travels that I am so grateful for the Roman Catholic historians and the Roman Catholic orders that have preserved many of these holy sites and holy places. And some are accurate, some are not accurate. But the fact is that down through the centuries, they have had them. They have had the property. They've taken care of them no matter who is in the land. And if it were not for them, we would not have access to those places today. So I'm very grateful for what they have done over the years in preserving the the holy places. But as you go to the hillside that overlooks the Jezreel Valley, again, I do not believe that's the place where they would have tried to have thrown Jesus off of the bluff. I think that would have been closer to where the city was, which is a good mile to two miles away from where the precipice is around the road, and they would have not taken him out that kind of distance because there would have been many places they could have thrown him off of a bluff before they ever got to that precipice. But the reason I take people there, many of you have seen pictures of me teaching there or someone else teaching because it looks like you're standing out in midair. But that is a place where I go and take people because you can see Mount Tabor very closely. You can see the village of Nain, where not only in the days of Elijah and Elisha was it active and a widow's son was raised, but also during the days of Jesus, Jesus raised the widow's son of Nain, of Nain, we call it. And just in front of us on the side of Hamareh, the hill of the Prophet it the hill of the seer that is facing you that is also where Elisha the prophet would have been playing with his oxen when Elijah came by and would have called him to his prophetic ministry when he threw his mantle on him and as you know Elisha burned all of the implements and uh, sacrificed his oxen and committed wholeheartedly to following the Lord the God of Israel and to his mentor Elijah and so these are just Just some of the things that you will see when you go to Israel, those of you who are listening to this who have been, your mind's eye has been following me, and you're right now seeing the sights that you saw. You're smelling the smells that you smelled. You're hearing the sounds of quietness and the wind blowing. And if you look from that side facing south and you look to the right at about two o'clock, you would see Mount Carmel on the other side of the valley from you and Haifa jutting out into the plain. Many times some of you who are listening to this have, we've been there when we've been able to see the tower of Haifa University just before it goes down into the drop off to the Mediterranean. And so I hope that this has been a blessing to you as you have traveled with me, as we